Welcome back to Eating Adventures, a food search exploring must-eats and edible restaurants. Order up. I'm Chloe. And I'm Haley. And this week, we're going to be talking about what we did over midwinter break. So welcome to our first episode, or part one, of Opposites Alike Midwinter Break Edition. So over midwinter break, I went to Italy. And And I went to Zermont in Switzerland. And we're going to be doing, like, part one of our trip here, so... I'll be talking about the first half of my trip. And then I'll be talking about the first half of my trip. So, let's talk about, like, our flights there. How was your flight, Chloe? My flight there was really cool. We flew over Greenland, and we saw the... The Northern Lights. That's so cool. I did not see the Northern Lights when I was flying to my stop in Paris. That's not fair. But that's very cool. I've never seen the Northern Lights before. It was really cool. It was kind of hard to see since we were in the clouds, but on my phone's, like, nighttime mode, you could, like, really see the green color. That's amazing. The northern lights are so pretty. Like, the colors, it's amazing how that's even possible. Like, all those colors can be in the sky, you know? Yeah, and as you go, it constantly changes, so each picture that I took was really different. How was your layover in Paris? Oh, so eventful. We were there for, like, five minutes. And we had just enough time to go to a macaron shop and buy macarons. So then I can say that I've now officially tried French macarons. How were they? They were pretty good. You know, pretty like average macarons, but très bien. Very good. But I flat on Air France going to Paris and it was so cool because they had all these little meals and they give us like dinner and breakfast, which I've never really had before since I've never been on a long flight before. So it was cool to experience that. I flew Delta to Amsterdam for the first half of my flight. And then on the flight, they served pasta, which was interesting. And I think I was asleep for the other meals. (laughs) You're always asleep for the airplane meals. Um, On the Air France flight there, I... Oh, they served pasta, and I had the pasta. And it was pretty good. I like how they have, like, multiple components of the meal. They have, like, the pasta, a side dish, and a dessert. And I just love the dessert part. On the way back from Italy, they gave us warm cookies, which I've never had oh on gosh, a plane before. Same. I got we got warm cookies too. I think we had the same meal. Yeah, we had the same meal because like I also flew from Amsterdam back to Seattle on the way back on Delta, so then they just give the same things. On the way back, we both had a barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was interesting, like very bready. Did you eat the mousse? Oh, yeah. It was pretty good. It tasted like yogurt, kind of. How was your journey to Zermatt? It was very, very eventful because we had, so we went to Paris and then we had to take another one to Geneva. And then from Geneva, we had to take a train to Zermatt because there's like no other airports that are close to there. So the train was about like, if you add all the times together, it was about four hours ish. And we really learned how to navigate the Switzerland train system. It was very hard. We got lost or confused multiple times, but, you know, we made it there. So I'd say that was a success. How long do you think in total was, like, to get from, like, when you took off to your hotel? Probably, like, 20 hours. It was crazy. It was a long time. Yeah. It was very tiring, but it was rewarding. It was worth it. Definitely. How about for you? How long did it take to arrive in Tuscany? So we flew from Seattle to Amsterdam, and then we had about an hour layover. And then the flight from Amsterdam to Italy, I think it was... Not that long, right? Because it's pretty close. It was like two hours, one and a half hours. 
And then from there, our drive to the little villa hotel was about 30 minutes. Well, that's not bad at all. Yeah. The airport in Italy was really small. So, like, we landed, we walked not that far, and we were out. They didn't, like, do any checking or anything. That's awesome. Yeah. That's nice because security is annoying when you have to go through it multiple times in a single day. And for the first time, we had our little driver person was holding a sign with our name on it. No way. That's cool. Because I always walk through the airports and I'm like, oh, they're so special. They yeah, have like, a name on like piece VIPs. of paper. Uh-huh. Yeah. How was your villa that you stayed at? It was really cool. So for the first half of our trip, we stayed in Tuscany in a little villa. And then there we just kind of explored all the little towns around. And yeah. How about you? Well, I stayed at this hotel. It was called Hotel Focus. Super nice. In Zermont, they don't allow any cars, so it's only, like, little electric buggies, which are super cute and cool. So they picked us up from the train station, and then we drove to the hotel. And, you like, you have to drive through a cave to get to the entrance, wow. which I think is so cool. And then you take, like, the elevator up into their lobby. And it's they have, like, very simplistic design, so the hotel was very nice. And the benefit was they served really good breakfast in the mornings. It was, like, a full-on breakfast buffet every single morning that, like, was included um, in staying in the hotel. So it was very convenient that we didn't have to go anywhere for breakfast. So then we could just, like, eat breakfast, get ready, and then ski out. You mentioned your little motorcycle buggy things. Um, motorcycle buggy <laughs> things. Is that what you rode to the hotel? Yeah, it was, it's like a little electric car. So, like, imagine an electric car, but really small, box-shaped, and that can only fit, like, max seven people squished together. Okay, so in... Italy, they all drive really small cars because the roads are really narrow. Really? And they drive really fast. I know. In the electric buggies, they drive so fast and it's so scary because the pedestrians are like walking on the side and then you're scared that they're going to like hit There's them. like no shoulder on the road. So it's like two lanes that are like right next to each other that the car barely fits in. <laughs> That's so scary. Yeah. Because what if like one car like veers off to the side of it and then it like hits the other car? Okay, so... Chloe, what was your, like, first meal officially in Italy? So when we landed, we went to the hotel, and then we drove to this person's house through this company called Ariana and Friends, and it was a little cooking class, so we made our first meal in Italy. That's so fun. Yeah. That's such a cool thing to say, be like, oh, I made my first meal in Italy. It was really cool because they live on a farm, because Tuscany's a lot of farmland and they grow their own vegetables and stuff so we did it with this person named daniela she's really nice and she kind of led us through how to make two different types of dishes we made a ravioli and then we made like a basic meat pasta sauce that sounds so yummy did you make your own pasta yeah dough? we made our own pasta from scratch i love making pasta from and scratch. then we also made the sauce it was really Yum. cool to see how like their food is fresh and they know everything that goes into it Yeah, because you use very fresh ingredients since you're on a farm, right? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Great. I love making my own pasta. Like, I haven't done it in a long time, but I remember I went to this pasta camp and we made our own pasta. And it's so fun because you, like, make a hole for the eggs and you get to use your hands. (laughs) And I just love doing it so much. It's fun to knead. Yes, it is fun to knead. I feel like doing that cooking class has inspired me to cook my own pasta at home. Did it bring out your inner Italian in you? It did. How was your first meal? It was also Italian food. Surprise, surprise. It's basically just a bunch of Italian restaurants and Swiss restaurants. That's all the type of restaurants there is. 
So we had an Italian restaurant, and it was a very good start to our to our trip. I got like this pasta with like house made noodles, and it was had like a tomato and eggplant sauce, and it was very yummy. And I remember the owner is like this Italian. He's kind of like an Italian grandpa because he like just goes around each table like asking. Oh, are you okay? And like his Italian accent and very authentic. I love those types of restaurants. Yeah, like you feel in the like culture. Yeah, like you're immersed yeah. into the Italian cuisine, and you can tell like they've been doing it for a long time, and that they're really passionate about their business. Yeah, I feel like a lot of them are family-owned businesses where it's like generations of people mm-hmm. that carry on the restaurant. Yeah, family-owned businesses. You can like tell that they know what they're doing. And they care about their customers. Yes, definitely. I kind of noticed in Italy, it was obviously a lot of pasta, pizza, Italian food. But there weren't that many other restaurants. There were were some Chinese restaurants, very, very few Japanese restaurants. Yes, And that's pretty much it. Same. In Zermont, there wasn't any, like, other options. It was mostly Italian and Swiss. Every corner there is, like, either a cafe or a pizzeria. Yeah, it's funny. It's, I wonder if... Italians ever get tired of, like, eating, like, pizza yeah. every day. The same kinds of foods. Because my family definitely got tired of eating pizza and pasta every day. I mean, it was really yummy, but, like, sometimes you want a mix of things. Or we're so used to having a mix of things. Yeah, where... I feel like in Seattle we have so many varieties of foods that before we went to Italy, we were like, okay, we have to eat all different kinds of foods to like get that feeling before because you're not just going on like over a week of just pasta and pizza yeah that my parents felt the same way because i feel like we're so used to having access to all these different cuisines it's like hard to adjust when there's only one yeah what did you do on your second day oh we went skiing obviously so we had breakfast at the hotel and then we went out and we did some skiing and then at Zermont, it's actually really cool. They have, like, restaurants all over the mountain. Like, usually the only lodges are at the bottom of the lifts and at the very top of the mountain. But in Zermont, they're, like, all around. So sometimes when you're skiing, there's restaurants on, like, the side of the run or, like, at the top of certain lifts. So there was, like, a whole bunch of restaurants to choose from. So we ate at this place called the Schwazi Restaurant, and... It had a very good view of the Matterhorn. I got penne pasta with Napoli tomato sauce, and it was very good. That sounds yummy. What's Napoli sauce? I think it's just tomato sauce, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. What I've noticed about their tomato sauce is that it's really fresh. You could, like, taste the freshness of the tomatoes. Yeah, because you can taste, like, the sourness. What did you do on your second day in Tuscany, Italy, Chloe? The second day was quite interesting. (laughs) Um, That was kind of our designated outlet shopping time. In the morning, we went to the cafe down the street. What did you order? It's called Jolé. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. But I got their chocolate croissant, and they had this, like, orange kind of glaze on it on the top. So it's, like, sweet at the same time. It's like an elevated chocolate croissant. That's cool. Yeah. And then the outlet was kind of far. So when we got there, we went to this restaurant, and I got gelato. (laughs) Yum. I was supposed to get some crepes, and then they were like, okay, you can come back in 10 minutes, and we'll have it ready. So then we went shopping for a while, and then came back like an hour later, and they were like, yeah, we're not doing crepes today. (laughs) What? No fair. 
so then we just had coffee instead yum coffee solid what type of coffee did you get we got a latte macchiato Ooh, do you like coffee italian coffee is kind of strong yes definitely but the flavor is good i cannot do the flavor of coffee yet. i feel like if i had coffee i need to pour a whole bunch of milk and sugar into it which ruins the purpose of coffee kind of like it takes away the initial flavor you know yeah it's like very shocking the first time you have it yes because i don't drink coffee normally and when i had italian coffee i was like wow (laughs) (laughs) after the first mall we went to another mall (laughs) to do some more shopping we were looking for restaurants and they had like a bunch of little cafes throughout the mall and then we saw this one with a really long line of people that looked like not tourists they looked like Ooh. locals. So we were like, that place is probably good. So I got um, a square of pizza. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> with thick red sauce and then like a little pile of cheese on top. Was it good? It was really good. I liked the tomato part because, again, you can taste like the freshness of the mm-hmm. tomatoes. And then the cheese was different. It was like the texture was a little bit more thick. Yeah. And then the flavor wasn't as strong. European mozzarella? It's so good. The best thing ever. Cheese is way better over there. Oh, we also got orange juice. Their orange juice in Italy is really good. Is it freshly squeezed? Yes. Fancy. It kind of reminds me of what we got in Portugal a couple years ago. Because they would, like, in grocery stores, they would have this machine where you can make your own orange juice if you buy the oranges, which is cool. That's a cool machine. I want an orange juice machine. They also have fresh orange juice in Switzerland, too. I remember How was it? It was good. At the airport, they had, like, fresh orange juice, but it was, like, warm because the oranges were room <laughs> okay. temperature. At the Amsterdam airport, I got a strawberry orange juice. Whoa, that sounds so good. It was interesting. I feel like... But it was like what you said. It was warm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd still, I still drink it. It's still yeah. good, but I prefer colder things, but it was still good. But in Italy, they don't use ice. They chill it? Or they just keep it warm? It's like room temperature. Oh, so... The guy on our tour, he was like, yeah, in Italy, we don't eat ice. Because he knows in America, we like a lot of ice. Yeah. I mean, honestly, ice is a waste of space sometimes. Whenever I go to Starbucks, this kind of off topic, I get no ice because it, like, takes up half of the drink. Yeah, like, in coffee, if you get an iced coffee, all of it is ice. Did you have any gelato in Switzerland? No, unfortunately, I did not. What gelato did you have in Italy? I had mostly Nutella or hazelnut gelato. Fancy. Was it, do you recommend? I recommend getting hazelnut and not Nutella because at the first place that I went to, we got the Nutella gelato and I think it was just frozen Nutella, (laughs) which is a bit interesting. So after that, I've learned my lesson to get hazelnut. It's probably more like a nutty flavor too, like less sweet probably. Yeah, it's less sweet and it tastes more like milk instead of a thick chocolate. That's interesting. Tip of the day, get hazelnut gelato and not Nutella gelato. How was your dinner on the second day in Zermatt? Oh, it was one of our favorites. It was at Chez Max Julian and it was like a grill. And me and my brother, we got steak with french fries and veggies 
Yum. And it was good, but, you know, the portions there are, like, very small. So it was, like, good enough for me, but my brother was still not satisfied because he likes eating a lot of steak, but they don't give you a lot of steak because you're expected to, like, have the appetizers before and, like, the salads and the soups, so you're supposed to be, like, full. That's what we noticed, except for me it was kind of the opposite where all of the tables around us were ordering, like, four courses, and then we would only order the first course and be full. Yeah, we only ordered the main course and then not, like, yeah. the soups and salads. Because like, I feel like it can get very... It's how they make money. It can get very expensive when you, like, keep on ordering lots yeah. of courses. I feel like the prices in Italy, if you, like, get the same quantity as America, is a little bit cheaper. Yeah, definitely. When you're in Zermatt, you can also ski over to Italy since the mountains are, like, connected. So you can ski over country borders. And when my brother... Um, my dad and I skied over there. The lunch was actually also cheaper, which is very interesting as well. It's crazy how, like, the countries are so close, but the prices are so different. Yeah, and whenever we asked people what they thought about Italy, like, before we went, because it's, like, scary skiing into a different country, they were always like, yeah, you should definitely go because the food is better and cheaper. That's, like, all they said about Italy. It's substantially less than Yeah, America. because, um, yeah, in Switzerland, the prices are so high. Like, the average price for a dish is 50 francs, which is crazy. But the food is good, so I guess all is well. It's worth it, probably. Okay, now on to day three. We went skiing! <laughs> surprise, surprise. So, my mom actually got hurt on the first day, so she Uh-oh. wasn't able to ski until like the end of the trip so we met her up for lunch at this restaurant called restaurant fury and it was like right off the lift so it was really easy access for like pedestrians and non-skiers and i got this cool dish called a roasty which is like a hash brown so it's shredded potatoes and then a like a shredded potato pancake and then they fry it and then they put two eggs on top it was Sounds interesting. Yeah, it was good. It was like a breakfast for lunch kind of deal. And did your mom just stay in the hotel the whole entire day? Well, there's there's a village, so she like walked around oh, and explored nice. yeah. and stuff. But yeah, very relaxing for her. It's too bad that she got hurt when we went to Zermatt, Switzerland. But it's okay because <laughs> she got to ski a couple more days. That's good. How about you? What did you do for your third day in Tuscany? Okay, so for our day three, we went on a Vespa tour. Oh my gosh. So we took little motorcycles across different towns and kind of just explored the local area. That sounds like the best thing ever to do. Like, not only are you touring a town, you're doing it in a Vespa. Like, what the actual heck? At first, well, since my brother and I aren't old enough to drive in Italy and we don't have like that world driver's permit or whatever. Um, my parents had to drive, so learning how to drive a Vespa before you go on very fast roads can be a bit scary, but I think they got the hang of it after a while. How'd they do? They did pretty good, but I think riding with a passenger is a lot different than riding by yourself. True. Plus, we don't, well, at least my family doesn't have a Vespa or motorcycle at home. Yeah, so. I don't think many people do. <laughs> yeah. So did you just, like, take it slow, so, or? Yeah, we took the back roads to be like a little bit more safe and then were you guided by a and then tour we, person? yeah it was the same tour person as the cooking guy Ooh. on the first night 
So did he like recommend you to write a Vespa or was this like already planned? It's all through company. So oh, nice. it's kind of like a Tuscany tour company and you can choose like different activities. So we chose a cooking class and then the Vespa tour. But I think they also have like a truffle tour, something else. Vespa it's tours really cool. are the best. That sounds amazing. <laughs> did you visit any cool restaurants around the towns? Yeah, so in one of the towns, we went to this family-owned pasta shop. They make their own pasta, and then we got to, like, tour the factory. It was really cool. We can post a picture of it on our Instagram. Yes, so you can see our experiences. Yes. Montage coming soon. Give me um, the best montage <laughs> you've ever watched in your entire life. Massimo, our tour guide, he kind of explained how their pasta differs from, like, brands you see in QFC, like Barilla those like uh, yeah, low like quality kind of pastas store brands. and at first i thought that there couldn't be that much of a difference between because like pasta quality yeah because like it's flour pasta. it's flour and water yeah flour water but then he started explaining how like barilla makes their pasta and how the brand martelli makes their pasta how is it different so they use two different types of flour it's like local flour and then they like mix it together in this machine here i'll show you a picture they make it like that. <laughs> That's not very they descriptive. They make it like that. Yeah. So they, they, so they hang have their, the noodles? So they have their own, like, molds, copper molds. Oh, so they and cut they, it themselves? They push the pasta through the copper molds. There's a special machine for each different kind of shape of pasta. That's awesome. It's really cool. I don't know how to describe it. How do they do it over here? They just mass produce and don't Consider care about the quality. Producing. Yeah and not caring about the quality so i heard you like bought a whole bunch of boxes right um i don't know who told you that (laughs) didn't you tell me that did i yeah you said you bought like (laughs) 10 boxes okay well let me continue on with my story okay (laughs) so i think it's a multi-generational company apparently they're really stubborn and they don't want to like move into a bigger factory because they want to keep the quality of pasta the same and they would rather quality over quantity quality over quantity they don't want to like have a big business ruin their like motto basically yeah so they had like a schedule that he told us about and every day they would make a different kind of pasta and then they would have a set amount of bags that they would make and then all of their bags are pre-ordered, so you can't buy it at the factory. You'd have oh, to go no. to, like, another store to buy it. So that's what we did. Um, we went to this, like, butcher shop, which was also really cool. And we bought, like, 20 bags of pasta. Yum! What type? Like, all spaghetti, bow tie? Well, my brother and I don't like spaghetti. We think it's the okay. worst kind of pasta. So we got penne, Opinion. rigatoni. I love penne pasta. Swirly one. So fun. I love fun pasta shapes. They yeah. make the pasta the best. Like theirs are really simple. They only have like five different kinds. Simple is better because mm-hmm. then you can like really focus on the ingredients and stuff. Mm-hmm. After we went to the butcher shop to like taste test different kinds of meats. Ooh, what meats did you taste test? We had a lot of pig and their meats are very flavorful. Yeah, same in Switzerland. They have a lot of air dried um hams and stuff like prosciutto well actually i don't actually know what they call it but the english translation that they use is not prosciutto it's air dried ham but then prosciutto isn't an english word is it i have no I idea it's confusing yes okay languages are confusing so at the meat shop they kind of gave us a tour a short tour video tour a video tour of how they kind of like make the meat behind the scene so they like season it and then they let it hang and mold 
Yeah, for a was, long time, right? Yeah, a little scary. But then they like shave off the mold and then they serve it to you and then the meat becomes really flavorful. Yum. Yeah, I've seen like Netflix documentaries and it seems very interesting because they leave it out for so long. That you think like, how does it not go bad? But I yeah. think it's because of the salt. Yeah, it is. But it's so cool how so much flavor can be built up in such a like a period of time. Oh, yeah. And then after that, we went to this oil place, this olive oil place, and learned about how to make extra virgin olive oil. Who we love extra virgin olive oil yes. in my household. And they taught us how other people make regular olive oil, which now I feel like is kind of nasty. What's the difference? So extra virgin is the first juice of the olives. I don't think it's called the juice. Well, it's more flavorful than yeah. regular olive oil. So then they like get all of the oil out of the olive. The remaining parts come out as this kind of like dirt kind of texture. What? And then from that, they send it to this like big company warehouse that uses chemicals to extract the leftover oil. And that's regular olive oil. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So should we not use like regular olive oil now? I mean, you can if you like. Okay. But it's also a lot cheaper. Yeah. And I feel like olive oil is more universal to use. Like, if you use extra virgin olive oil, you'll taste the olives in it. And some you can people, taste the grassiness of the olives. Some people don't like that. So that's why they use, like, regular olive oil. But it's not actually regular because you said that it's with chemicals. They use chemicals to extract it out so of the dirt poop pile. That's great. I didn't know that. And now that I know that. I'm kind of grossed out. Yeah, me too. Even though that's probably how a lot of our food is made. True. Like cows, chickens. Yeah. I feel like you just can't go back once you have like the authentic Italian olive oil. But you kind of have to go back because we live here. Or you can import it. True. That's very expensive. Did you guys guys buy any extra virgin olive oil while you were there? Yeah. So we bought their food farm one that they grew and pressed and everything and then we also got some like olive oil drizzle so we got like a lemon olive oil and we got an orange olive oil that's fun it's interesting yeah what are you gonna use it on like desserts bread um probably bread yeah people like using extra virgin olive oil and then balsamic vinegar and then dipping it in bread yeah that's what my family likes to do and that's what you have at restaurants and then they also said that a lot of restaurants use vinegar to cover up the dullness of their cheap olive oil. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're learning all of the yeah. all of the insider news about olive oil. Insider scoop. Okay, wait, I forgot. The whole point of that story is because after the pasta place, we went there to the olive oil place. And then at the olive oil place, they made the pasta. So did you have... Um, pot, like the we had pasta the served special up. pasta. Yeah. Which ones did you have? We had the macaroni shaped, and it surprisingly was a lot different than regular pasta. Was it softer or more like flavorful? It was more flavorful because it's like textured, and then from that, it's able to suck in like the sauces and everything. And then it was also more chewy. Yeah, I've noticed that in European restaurants that have Italian food, the pasta is more al dente than it is here. Like I feel like here's chewier. overcooked. Yeah, here it's way, way softer. Sometimes too soft, but over there, 
there's like a good it's chew so to it, good. which gives it like another dimension of flavor. Yes, flavor. Taste. Taste. Of the dining experience. Another dimension of the dining experience. Yep. Dining experience. You hopped on your Vespa and we hopped went- on our Vespas and then went to. Oh, we went to go get some coffee. Was it good? I don't like coffee, but I'm sure it was good. A Vespa boost. We went to a couple other places, but we didn't eat anything there. Okay, wait, tell me about your igloo that you visited. Okay, so in Zermont, on one of the lifts on, I think, the Sunaga side or something. Not the Sunaga. Berg side. They have an igloo there. And you can stay at the igloo. It's like a hotel bar igloo. So they have a restaurant. A hotel hotel, And they have people stay there. It's like an actual igloo. Yeah, it's an actual igloo. It's so cool. Is it ginormous? Yeah, it's big. For the igloo, you can go into a room and there's a window with a very good view of the Matterhorn. So we got to take some really cool pictures. And I followed um, Zermont Matterhorn on Instagram. And they have like so many pictures of the igloo and I was so excited to see it. I feel like we need to post all these pictures for people to, like, visualize what we're talking about. Yes, because pictures always enhance our descriptions. But it was actually a little bit underwhelming because we thought it'd be bigger. But then also we didn't get to visit the actual rooms. How do they, like, so control the temperature? I think it's just really cold in there at night. But then I think the That's ice... horrible. I know, I think the ice cubes or the igloo walls yeah. insulate the heat, maybe. But I feel like it'd be a cool experience. That's so cool, though. Yeah. Like, staying in an igloo for a night. I mean, just for a night, too. You can just, like, stay in there for a night and then just go to a hotel room. Yes. It was a fun and cool experience. And then after that, we went to the lunch restaurant that I talked about. I forgot the whole point to my olive oil story. But anyways, we went to the farm to taste test a bunch of different types of olive oil. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I kind of missed that part. It's okay. I like how we're just jumping... To different topics here so it was very crowded on that sunday because everyone was arriving and stuff because i think in zermatt people usually leave and arrive on saturday or sunday so we couldn't get a reservation or anything so we had to take out at a Ital- popular italian place yes we had pizza but it was interesting because it was like folded over special and, pizza <laughs> yeah and there was um mozzarella arugula prosciutto on it and it was very yummy the mozzarella there again is the best it was so soft now i want to go back and eat more food same not i just want to go back and stay there forever okay i think that's all for this episode yes stay tuned for next week for our part two of our midwinter break trips of opposites alike you can listen to our podcast wednesdays at noon or on your favorite podcast platforms like amazon music or spotify Which we're continually updating, so keep looking there for our new episodes. And thank you for listening to KMIH 889 The Bridge. Bye, 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 bye.